What's the difference between the archangel and the angels? Because you keep referencing and distinguishing the two groups. So yes. is there something that we should know about? Yes, indeed. Thank you. It's a good question. An angel radiates one quality. It might be wisdom or kindness or compassion. And an archangel is much more powerful. They radiate multiple qualities. So if we go to Archangel Raphael, whom I mentioned at the beginning, he radiates the multiple qualities of love. And he would have in his choir or choirs of angels, angels who radiate compassion, loving kindness, and, and a whole, each angel would radiate a specific and different quality of love. Archangel Michael says that an angel is like the book in the library and an archangel is like the library. Archangels are much, much, much more powerful. Welcome to the Inner Sanctum online group sessions with Karen Swain. This is some highlights from our two to three hour sessions we have each week with myself, Karen Swain, teaching deliberate creation and once or sometimes twice a month, we invite a guest teacher to come in and join us and share their wisdom and we can quiz them and we have a lovely time. Enjoy the highlights and if you'd like to join us online each week, please go to karenswain.com slash inner sanctum and sign up. Welcome, welcome to the Inner Sanctum. First, first one for the year 2021. So great to be back online again with our first guest teacher. I thought it would be gorgeous to start the year off in the Inner Sanctum with the angels. So the beautiful Kate Raymond, a friend and gorgeous angelic teacher is here with us today to share her wisdom and her artwork. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank you for inviting me and to meet everyone. That's lovely. Before I turn the recording on, we've just, um, you know, had a bit of a chat and we've all sort of uh, talked a little bit about ourselves. Let me read out Kate's bio. Kate Raymond has been teaching, painting and sharing angelic wisdom since 2003. She works with a specific group, angelic group called the Angelic Choir. 77 sacred aspects of higher light who are here to help humanity in every aspect of our lives. Kate worked as a strategist and change agent mentor and coach in the corporate world for many years. She held executive positions in two multinational uh, consulting groups. She has a BA from the University of Washington, Seattle, and an MBA from the University of New South Wales. As a corporate strategist, her life was profoundly changed by meeting a group of angels in 1996. Never considering herself an artist, Kate began to paint with these angelic beings as they taught her how to commune and co-create with them. Kate's now an angelic communicator who receives words, paintings and wisdom from her heart's knowing. She shares what she receives from the angelic realm. Her paintings are watercolour and her style is spiritually inspired realism. Each angelic embeds their frequency into the painting as they are being created. When we look upon these sacred embodiments, our hearts are drawn to the frequency of the angel we need. Kate has had three exhibitions of her paintings in Sydney and Melbourne 
and she does angel consultations when you can bring your questions for the angels and she communicates their messages and answers for you. She currently posts on Facebook and Instagram the knowledge that the angels bring to help you live your very best life at home and in the workplace. And her website is kateraymond.com. And Kate, you said the angels have got some beautiful things to teach us today. So take it away, honey one. Okay. Thank you, sweetheart. Well, thank you everyone for being with us. And also, if you're open to this, I'd just like us all to close our eyes if we feel comfortable doing so and thank the angels and archangels for their qualities for us as we go through this. So if we can in our own quiet way, thank them for being with us and welcome them into our hearts. Excellent. I asked before we began that um, Archangel Raphael radiate his multiple qualities of love to everybody in the group as we go through this. And he's the Archangel who tells me he doesn't like to sing so much. And if anyone tells you that, that he does that to not believe them and uh, that he, he brings all the multiple qualities of love. So if you're ever in a situation where it's tough or you just like to have a good time, I always call on him every time I go to a party uh, or go to a movie and I ask that everyone be filled with his loving qualities. He's a um, his great archangel to have as a buddy. So just a note. So uh, thank you, Karen, again, for inviting me. I'd like to sort of share some of the uh, angelic teachings. And I'd like to start with the guardian angels. We each have four, four guardians. Now, you know, for centuries, people have said it's one guardian. And that's because... Each of us has one with us. So each of us on the call has one of our guardians behind us and up a bit, right? And the other three sit out in our soul body and guard our purposes, the truths we came to experience, the projects we came to do. And so what happens is they, they rotate. They're with us 24 seven. And so they take it in turns to be with us. And one of those guardians is the one whose responsibility it is. If we call, if we call on God, and we often do that simply from our heart and our mind is not conscious of it. We're not conscious of it. If we call on God's help, it's the responsibility of that guardian to take that message to the highest being of divine light and get an answer. And so that occurs. And when that guardian comes back, the, the message doesn't come to our mind. Of course, it comes to our heart knowing. And I'm sure all of us on the call have had the experience where, you know, you've been worried about something and obviously you've called for assistance to God. And then, you know, after a while, when you say, someone says, well, how are you, you know, how are you in relation to that issue you were worried about? And you probably have times when you think, oh, yes, this happened to me, uh, where you go, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I feel okay about that now. Have any of you had that happen? Just show of hands. Yeah, yeah. So 
that's that guardian angel being of specific assistance in relationship to what you need. And with the guardian angels, they choose us, we don't choose them. So before we come, when we're a spirit and we've done our plan for this life, the guardians will gather around and go, I'm going with you, I've been with you before, I like working with you. Or they'll go, I know the journey you plan to have this time, you'll need me because I've got experience in X, Y, and Z. So they choose us, we don't choose them. And they come not with an agenda of their own, they come solely with our agenda. They're very valiant angels and they are dedicated to our needs for all of our existence here. And when we transcend, they go with us, yeah, to make sure the journey's comfortable, etc. And, you know, people talk of Judgment Day. Well, it's actually a day when there's a panel and sometimes there's one of our guardians or a couple of our guardians on the panel, or it may be one of the guides who have traveled with us. And the panel, so-called judgment day, is actually when they try to get us not to judge ourselves because they have one question and one question only, which is, did you do what you went for? And you'll sometimes meet people who are sort of aimless, they're not sure why they're here, they're not on a mission, and they sort of, you know, get through life. And when those pe people in particular get to the um, judgment panel, uh, they often go, oh, I've got to go straight back in for and, and do something, you know, properly. And they jump into the nearest body they can find. And of course, Again, they've come without their mission clarity or the purposes they're going for or the truths they came to learn. So when you see people like that, that's what's gone on. Yeah. And the guardians have three main things that they do. They, their job is to facilitate. First part of their job is to facilitate for us. So if we're wanting to have something occur in our life, then they will do their best to bring us in the direction of where that can happen for us. And we sometimes have lucky breaks or synchronicities and it's our guardians who have managed to facilitate in such a way that we, um, we connect with what it is we desire. The second part of their job is that they facilitate with the guardians of other people. So you know those times you're in town or somewhere and you walk around a corner, it mightn't have been the corner you planned to walk around, but you think, oh, I'll just go this way and you bump into a friend. And it's like, oh, I didn't know you were coming into town today. And it's been her or his guardians and your guardians saying, get yours to walk this way and they connect us up. So the second part of their job is they facilitate um, with the guardians of others so that you know our lives flow better really and the third thing that they do is that when we call on someone in particular like we might call on archangel michael or we might call on the angel for wisdom we might know his or her name but we call on the angel for wisdom it's the guardian's job to connect to archangel michael or the guardian of wisdom whichever it is and bring that frequency to the 
to our soul and then the frequency um, floats down through our soul body into our heart and into our mind and into our physical body and we if we've called on the angel of wisdom for example after a while we start to find ourselves being more considered with our statements and you know feeling things through and thinking things through so that's the that's the third part of their job they facilitate our connection with the the most divine ones now i'm happy to take questions at this point if anyone would like to ask a question no it's guess. like an extra performance criteria that those of us who are particularly drawn to the light seem to take on unconsciously and what we do as we go on we we get more in tune with actually communicating with our guardians because for a lot of people they're just unaware of their guardians as we know and so I can give you an example I live in the Blue Mountains that's where I am this morning it's a bit cold uh, and I go to Sydney quite often and I got about a block away and in my heart knowing came a mobile phone connector. I'd forgotten to bring the charger with me. And so I stopped the car and turned around and came home and got it. So you'll find that the more we are receptive to the promptings of our guardians, the more they seem to feel free to speak more loudly, if I can say it that way. So we hear quite strongly after a while for spiritual beings, you know how subtle and non-subtle that is. After a while, we start to experience the strength of their presence and their communication more noticeably. Yeah. I'm wondering, um, as someone who's quite intuitive, how do we tell the difference between whether it's our angels speaking to us or our higher self? Or is it one and the same? It's, I don't believe it's one and the same. It's different. And let me see if I can get the distinction for you. One's a knowing, the higher self, and one's a direct contact from the guardian. The, the, the higher self speaks to our gut instinct, to our intuition, to our divine desires and that normally comes to us in terms of knowing and oneness with life whereas when the guardian talks to us we know someone has spoken to our heart because we hear it as a still still quiet voice sometimes we experience it mm -hmm. as knowing but mostly it's a still quiet voice in my own experience okay yeah yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Um, what they wanted to talk with you about this morning is God's distribution system. The highest expression of divine light is, you know, way up there. And in order for God to get the qualities we need to us, the frequencies we need to uplift us and guide us, it's like a central power station if we could think of the god energy as a central power station and then they send and that that power station sends its strongest frequencies let's talk about um, a specific quality okay um, let's say it's the quality of patience we all sometimes need that and um, so 
it's the quality comes from God and is relayed to the power station. Now, the power station is uh, normally referred to as a quality, right? Because those transmitters of the quality of patience are very powerful beings. And they then transmit specifically to ascended masters, archangels and angels. And so that's how the um, God's distribution system works. And then when we call on a specific angel, say the angel of patience, then the angel of patience who's transmitting from the highest level comes to us because our guardian has got that quality and brings it to us. Is that clear? Yeah. Anyone got a question on that? They'd like me to talk to you, with you about the angelic choir, the choir I'm working with and painting with. <laughs> I was not a painter. You know how God works. Um, I was not a painter. And I started having experiences with angels. Some of you would have heard me talk about this on that uh, other interview uh, Karen has done with me. So I won't go through it again. But what I or and what I was introduced to was the notion that I'm working with a specific choir and the choir is called the angelic choir and it has 77 beings in it, 10 of which are archangels and the rest are angels. So it means that because there are 10 archangels through this choir, humans can connect to any angel or other archangel that exists. And this choir, its purpose is to make it easy for humans to connect with and communicate with God and with the angelics. Yeah? And um, the first paintings they inspired is um, were uh, the angelic paintings in Mesopotamia. You know, I learned about Mesopotamia in ancient history when I studied it at high school. And the second time this choir particularly influenced humanity is all those divine and wonderful paintings of angelics that we find from, uh, from the Renaissance time. You know, we've all loved those paintings. They radiate love. Uh, a lot of angelics came in to paint those. Uh, one particularly that you would probably know of is Fra Angelico, who painted that painting of uh, the Archangel Gabriel uh, appearing to Mary. You probably many of you um, going to tell her she was pregnant. And so Fra Angelico, Michelangelo, they were angelics that came in to do all those works. And so uh, now the, uh, this choir is being painted by myself. I'm assuming others around the world, but I haven't been told of that. I have a girlfriend who says, no, I think it's only you. <laughs> no, thanks. I don't want all that responsibility. Uh, however, with, with, uh, I had to discover how each painting does have the frequency of the angelic. So when I first started painting, I, I, what happens for me, the process is I keep those plastic pockets, uh, A4 pockets with the, you know, you can clip them into a folder. And when an angel uh, or archangel is coming to be painted, they drop hints, yeah? And so I go, oh, right. For example, 
behind me is Angel Frini, P-H-R-E-N-Y. I suppose the Americans here would say Franny, but I don't mind which. And her quality is uh, radiating uh, beingness, helping us to simply be, yeah? And I was sitting in the dentist and she had been giving me uh, messages of what she wanted in her painting. And I'm sitting in the dentist looking at a magazine as you do. And um, this color behind me, the blue, jumped out at me from a picture. And it was so strong, the resonance was so strong. And I thought, it's got to be an Angel Frenny's painting. So I went and asked the receptionist, would she mind if I ripped the page out? And she said, no. So I took it home, put it in the plastic pocket. Yeah. Angel Frenny, I might mention, appeared to me. I was, uh, I had not asked for this. I had been staying in Mossman and I got up early and went for a walk in the neighbourhood and I came around a corner and there was a, a frangipani tree and there were beautiful blooms all over the path and about four feet away and about three feet in the air, sorry, I'm not talking in centimetres, um, this image of sparkling divine light appeared in the shape of a human and radiated, radiated a beautiful, loving, calm and peace and beingness. And I stood knowing I was experiencing something extraordinary as you do when something like that happens. And I sort of inclined my head by way of respect. And then she sort of communicated that she, heart to heart, from her heart to mine, that she wanted to be painted in a frangipani tree. And that's the reason she'd met me there, yeah. So I was pleased she'd found me on my walk. And then, although I didn't want her to, she just went invisible again. So the, the ideas for the paintings come in particular ways. And uh, sometimes it's only with the hints that I put in the plastic A4 pocket. Sometimes there's additional experiences as it was with the one who's behind me. I think she might've had lives in uh, Egypt and I don't think you can see it, but she's got jewelry on that indicates a life in India and a life maybe in Egypt at some point in early times. And these beings are ancient beings, you know. I was about to paint a picture of Angel Pulele, who's the angel who inspires us through colour. And she gave to my heart knowing, she said, you know, when we were deciding the colours for Earth, I thought this is a very ancient being, you know. And um, I thought, oh, well, you know, it, it, was very, it was very humbling, really, to be able to speak to and communicate with a being that holds this love for humanity and the willingness to be there for us. So, you know, those times when we're about to put on, decide which clothes we're going to wear for the day, we're not sure which and then this clarity comes and I'm going to wear the pink shirt or the blue dress. I have a friend, Karen, you probably know him, Daryl Gunter, who's a public prosecutor and spiritual healer. You know, he tries murderers during the week and, and uh, does spiritual healings on the weekend. And 
he called in to see me one day when I was living in Sydney and I'd been painting and he said, you know, I just called in to check progress really and he took off his coat and loosened his tie and I could see he was tired from the day, you know, and he said, oh, this murderer I'm trying, he's got absolutely no sense of responsibility. He thinks that everything is everybody else's fault, yeah. And so he said, you know, who have you been painting lately? So I put out about six paintings and he tuned in on Angel Pulele, the angel who motivates through colour. And he said, you know, I think I've been tuning in with this angel because she wants me to stop wearing white shirts to, um, to, to the court. She wants me to wear blue shirts. Uh, I said, well, if she's suggesting that, you know, might, there might be a reason. So he phoned me a few weeks later and said that he'd started wearing his blue shirts and that he felt sort of stronger and more bold to step forward with his capabilities and make himself much more known in the courtroom. He said he felt that way initially and, and always, but this sort of gave him an extra boost because it was the frequency of colour in the blue that affected his frequency. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, what's another thing? Can, can I ask a question? Sure. Many people speak about uh, the angelic realm as a realm of beings or aspects that never incarnate into a physical or human life. And yet you're sort of saying that like Fran, uh, Frinny behind yeah. you had been, do you want to address that? Yes, certainly. You know, there, there are trillions of angels and there are a lot more archangels. I'm not supposed to say this, but there are a lot more archangels than the ones we know of. And the small majority of angelics come in for a human life. Uh, they come to bring their light to add to the world. They come often on specific missions. So, for example, the angel of kindness might come and be born into a family which is not kind to learn what his or her quality can do for a child growing up in a family that is unkind and how the quality of kindness can fortify a child going through that sort of childhood. So, and then what happens is that angelic goes back to, you know, the, the choir that angelic is in and then teaches what that angelic learnt in the human life for the angels who are assisting humans, yeah? They need to know, well, what's the effect? How does, can we do it better? And so the angel of kindness, for example, now not only works with specific individuals but with every angel or archangel we call on Kindness, the angel of kindness adds her frequency in to what we receive. So the frequency of the angel of patience, for example, arrives in a way that we can receive with ease because it has a component of kindness in it. So, yes, uh, some angels come in and have lives. I'm not sure if archangels do, but I suspect they may have come as angels. Yeah. And uh, they know us so well that for them to be able to assist us to the degree that they do, they must 
have had some of them come in and experience what we go through because it's tough here I think it's tough we you know we love our lives and we enjoy our lives and we have friends and we experience love and all the good things we experience the joys of you know the physical body sex sunlight all those stuff but the 3d dimension is bumpy and I remember going to a talk oh years ago now where it was through a trans medium and one of the beings who came in uh, a very high being uh, someone said you know it's so bumpy here I just don't like it and he said why complain why complain that's what you come for you come for the tough stuff stuff because that's when you grow you know if you have someone be mean to you or you experience some absolute trial, how you respond evidences how mature you've become, how much goodness we have in our heart. Can we respond to this with wisdom and yet at the same time still look after ourselves? Because the angelics say you have to look after yourself first. You can't look after other people until you know how to look after yourself. Yeah, so does that answer that question, Karen? Ah, perfectly, perfectly. <laughs> I'm in floods of tears. I'm sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend whose son is about 30, I think, and uh, they lived down the road. And when he was born, we were sitting out on our little deck and we could sort of look towards where their house was and there was this cloud that was in the form of an angel right over the top of their place. And they called him Gabriel. <laughs> and he is not your typical angelic sweet being. He has had a fraught life and um, a physical accident and some mental yep. trauma. And yet I still feel like he is an angelic being that has elected to be inside that family for a reason, teaching them stuff. So it's really interesting what you say. Mm. Now, yeah, well, you know, it's how it is. I've been taught by the angelic, so I'm simply speaking truth here. Uh, someone has a question. I couldn't catch it. Uh, it was written, um, oh. and I think it was, I only got half of the question. I think it was, Kate, have you met an angel in the physical? I think that was the question. Thanks for the question. Uh, yes, I've met a number of them, and they seem to be drawn to work with me on this project. So I've had Tara, I don't think she'd mind, she hasn't minded before, who's the sweetest little angelic, right? And she loves to work for the angels. And she's come in and she, for, you know, 10 years she worked with me for what she could learn and what she could contribute. And then uh, there's another angelic now has come. Tara fell in love with someone in Queensland and went to live there with him. And... Um, I have another angelic now whose name is Kelly and she's very thorough with her work. She likes to express her quality with the, the, the quality that she radiates with a quiet commitment to excellence. And it's absolutely wonderful when she comes to work. There's, you know, I can say, could you do this or could you do that? Would you do this? Would you do that? And she does it with such care that I just give thanks for this woman in my life and this angelic. So I've met quite a lot of them. 
uh, I remember going to a business meeting, a networking business meeting in Sydney, and I saw this guy across the room. He was a businessman. And uh, as I walked out, I went, nice, nice. You have a lot of nice light. He went, gave me a big wink and said, thanks for noticing. Like he knew he was with Angelic. And another time was I was working uh, as a corporate strategist in uh, BHP Billiton in Western Australia. For those of you who don't like mining, please know that they need a lot of light. And so I feel quite comfortable about working in those com um, companies. And one of the engine, uh, one of the engineers in the group uh, w was wearing a yellow shirt and he came up to talk with me. And uh, I said, are you aware of how much light you radiate? He, and he just smiled quietly and he said, Yes, I am. And I went, oh, I'm pleased about that. He said, my wife likes it too. And I said, well, I'm pleased for her, you know. So, yes, I've met quite a number of angelics who are in the physical. And some of you are nodding. Some of you may be angelics who have come in for a life. Another way. So. Archangel Michael says that an angel is like the book in the library and an archangel is like the library. Yeah. So so what happens if we don't know the name of an angel and we want to call on an angel to help us today? Think of the quality you need. If you're having difficulties, then it would be the angel of pathfinding. Help me find a path through this. If you're having um, a turbulent heart and emotions that are difficult to manage. It would be the angel who helps my heart be calm and helps me interact with other people in a kind and calm manner. So if you say the quality, bring me patience, we call for it a lot. Give me patience, yeah? What our guardian does is connect to that angel, bring the quality to us and we after a while become more patient or whatever it is we've called on. I just love the system. I think it's a great system. I think it's very efficient and effective. Yeah. So if you need a particular angel, then ask for that quality. I want wisdom today. This person is driving me nuts. Help me to be really wise. Yeah. And I suggest to you that of a morning that you Say to your guardians when you get up, first thing you do, guardians, um, thank you for facilitating my day or I, thank you for making my day easy. And that encourages them to support us. I did seeing lessons at one time um, with a guy called Peter, a robust tenor, yeah, who... Um, who was an opera singer, sang internationally, was a great teacher. And he knew, he, someone had told him that I painted angels and his father had been an artist. And then he didn't say anything about me painting angels and I didn't say anything. I just wanted to get on with my singing lesson. And one day he said, okay, tell me one thing. Um, you know, I knew exactly what he was saying. And I thought, no, I'm gonna make you say it. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, Tell me one thing about your little mates. And I said, do you mean the angels? He said, yes, of course. And I said, okay, 
you have a guardian, a number of guardian angels. You have one of you, one of yours with you. I have one of mine with me. Just call on them of, of a morning. After about five months, out of the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a lesson, he went, it makes a difference, you know. And he looked surprised that he was actually saying this. I said, what makes a difference? He said, you know, your little mates. I said, well, it sounds like they're your little mates at the moment who were helping. He said, you know, it's really interesting. And then he asked a number of questions. And um, I had an exhibition, one of the exhibitions that Karen referred to. And Angel Frinney was, the original painting was on show. And John invited, well, I call him Peter. I'll put it as Peter in the book, but his real name's John. And John arrived with a group of friends, right? And he had on this Hawaiian t-shirt, uh, Hawaiian shirt with short sleeves. And truly, Angel Frini's painting could have been part of the shirt, yeah? And he walked in, he took a beeline for this painting. And then he came over to me and put his arms out wide and he went, looked very proud of himself. And he said, well, I came dressed for her. And... And then he said, does that mean when I was getting dressed that I was tuning into her? And I said, what do you reckon? He said, yes, I think I was. And I said, yes, I believe you were. So we recognise, you know, we recognise the frequency in a painting or in writing. When I'm writing uh, the stories for this book, I'll tell you about a bit later, uh, the, the angelic shines its stands sort of up here a bit the angelic I'm writing about shines its light into my third eye my heart and my hands as I'm typing or writing and the frequency goes into the words and between the words and sometimes it's words from them so they can help us every day in everything we do if we ask and that's a rule from the angelics or from someone probably God that they cannot assist us unless we ask. So we have to ask. The only time, and it's a universal law, the only time that we, that they can countermand that, that they can break that, well, is when our lives are in danger and it's not the time we've chosen to leave. For example, there was an old man, um, let's call him Peter. It's just because it was his real name. And um, he was driving his little putt-putt car towards the big intersection at Ride in Sydney. And he was behind a truck, a big truck with a thing that came out as trucks have at the back above the wheels. And behind him was a pantechnicon. So here he was in between the two big things coming up to this intersection. And an angel appeared, one of his guardians, appeared on the bonnet of the car, just came out of being invisible, sparkled its light, and he went, oh, and pulled off into a side street. Up at the corner, there was a massive accident. Subsequently, quite soon after, if he had still been in the traffic, he would probably have been decapitated. So they will step in when our lives are in danger because they're looking after us and they can break the universal law at that point. 
And the only reason I know of this is that he wrote, he wrote to the local paper and said, this happened to me and I think angels exist and this one saved my life, yeah? And someone came to an angel workshop I ran and said, look, I've got to tell you about this. And she recounted the story to me. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel has a, a question, but I, I just um, I want to tell you a story. Garnet, one of the um, people who watch my shows, know that he's one of my favourite people. He's coming back on the show this year for his fifth book. Uh, his, his spirit guide flies him all over the cosmos and the universe and the, all the different realms, dimensions and everywhere. He met his guardian, one of his guardian angels, Kate, and she introduced herself and she said that she had a specific job and her specific job was to stop him killing himself before he was, you know, before his exit point, before his yes, time was up. Right? That's exactly right. And Garnet, who's in his 60s now, uh, he was a corporate lawyer for 36 years and very, he calls himself very conservative, button, pin down, button down, um, Catholic corporate lawyer, said, oh, well, I've been very safe throughout my life. You wouldn't have had much to do. And she said, let me just show you. And she opened up this screen and showed him hundreds or thousands of times that she had saved him from killing himself, starting with a little boy running into the street, following the ball and, you know, stopping the car. And, yeah, so actually even, even when we lead relatively safe lives, the guardian angel that is specifically, about, you know, there to stop us killing ourselves is pretty busy. <laughs> It's true. You know, I, it's true. I went to sleep. I had a micro sleep. Um, I was driving between a big truck, a three-lane highway coming home one day from Sydney, a big truck on one side, another big truck on the other because, you know, a lot of them take produce through and so on on the freeway. And I, had a, I was in the middle lane and I had a micro sleep and someone took the wheel. Now, I don't think it would have been a guardian. I think a guardian would have said to an ascended master, pull the wheel. However, it might have been a guardian, you know. And so they do look after us. Uh, I drive a lot because I go up and down to Sydney and there have been a number of times, at least five times, that someone's taken the wheel. Um, yeah. I was in... <laughs> I was in Wentworth Falls. We call it the CBD, you know, it's just a little shopping centre. And I was in the CBD and I was driving along and I had never seen a, a funeral for a bikey before. And along came this huge motorbike with this contraption on it and um, a coffin behind it. And I was so fascinated by this, I sort of was looking at it and pulling the wheel the wrong way and someone took the wheel and went no this way so it does happen they seriously do look after us and I totally accept the story you shared yeah I reckon angels drive my car the whole time I'm pretty checked out when I'm driving <laughs> I reckon they're driving Rachel you have a question darling one you know we as humans are so invested in having names because for us in the physical we're separate from things and we see them. So we expect and we name them. That's how we make them different from us, yeah? So we expect angelics are going to have names. And a lot of them don't. Like 
when I've been painting, for example, Angel Lyrium, spelled P-L-E-R-Y-O-N, she's the angel for work, for having pleasure in work and pleasure in life, right? So she catalyzes passion, so work becomes play. Now, when I was about to paint her, she sent me off to the library to look up work and play in Latin and Greek. And then I combined one of them. I can't remember if it was Latin or Greek because that's the one she wanted and she made it P-L-E-R-Y-O-N. She had worked with humans for centuries. However, she decided only at this point to take a name. And that name is for us. It's not for her. Yeah, she'll be recognized by her frequency in spirit. That's how they recognize one another, by their frequency. So, and to share just one cute story, a girlfriend of mine in uh, Melbourne, a woman called Anthea, loves her guardian angels, right? And she said to me one day on the phone, my guardian angel's called Paul. I went, really? And I thought to myself, so she's got four Pauls, you know, and because they rotate. And um, I attempted to explain this a little bit and I was getting nowhere because she called them Paul and I thought that works for her. So I suspect you'll have difficulty getting a name from the ones who support you, right? If they're your guardians, I guarantee you they won't give you a name. Or if they do, they'll give you one that'll make you happy. Yeah, so one will say I'm Mary Lou, one will say I'm Albert, and the other one. That'll make you happy. Okay, that's fine. We'll take a name for you. Does that answer your question? Yes. I'm just wondering now how is it that we can work more closely with them? How is it that we can have a, a conscious relationship with our angels? If we'll just continue talking about guardians for a minute and then I'll talk about other angels uh, who have specific qualities. Uh, Tara, I mentioned, who's now living in Brisbane, not with the guy she went up with, uh, up for, um, she has an ex what I would consider an exemplary relationship with her guardians. And she holds like a heart space openness specifically to her guardians, not to everyone else necessarily, but specifically to her guardians. And... <laughs> I got upset with her one day when she was working with me. I gave her the rounds of the kitchen and lectured her about something, which I seldom do, but she asked for it this time. And um, she said that the next morning she'd got up and she'd said to her guardians, and I'm not speaking to you. And for her, that was major. It, uh, it represented how cross she was because she's so she so loves her guardians and they seem to embrace her so warmly compassionately and they uplift her she's the one that's put the effort in it seems to me that and and issued the invitation from her behavior and she tells remarkable stories about her love for their love for her and how they work with her so my suggestion would be to invite them from your heart and continue that practice. Just have to be aware of boundaries because you don't want heart open everywhere. You want it specifically for your guardians. 
Yeah, and their job is to look after you. So if you're getting a bit whatever one way or the other, they'll let your heart know. No. Yeah. Just getting back with the, the names, Kate, uh, we often talk in the inner sanctum about spirit and naming because, you know, I call my mob the mob uh, very irreverently. Makes <laughs> me cringe, but anyway, there you go. Makes you cringe. <laughs> Because they appeared to me as this mob of beings without identity nor name, of course, of course. and I um, it's understandable. And I initially said, "Oh, the mob," and but I kept crying out for a name, please, because people would say to me, "Oh, my higher self's name's you know Bob or Paul or something like that." There's something <laughs> they've given them. Yeah, exactly. And I was just so seeking a name. And uh, I had a massage business, I had a shop called Bliss and then a massage business called Blissful Beings. And then one day they just said to me, who do you think the Blissful Beings are? A name that I had come up with, you know, because I felt drawn to the word bliss. And uh, I thought, oh, my God, that's you guys. Again, not very specific with any name, mm. you know. Mm. But certain ascended masters would step forward and, you know, Sananda or Jesus said, you know, didn't I ask you to draw me and I've got that painting that I've put out there and I'm like, oh, yeah. And he said, you know, I'm part of your mob, of course. Uh, but, you know, with your work, Kate, it is very specific, which is something that's really kind of different to what we talk about in that this angelic choir or uh, ascended masters or spiritual guidance sort of comes through light codes and sound codes and frequency and often doesn't present identity or names. But with your work, your paintings specifically, they've specifically come with identity and names and, and description. Do you want to talk more about that? Sure. Uh, let me just see how to start this. At this point in humanity's development, humans need to be able to identify who they're talking with. And the ones who call on specific angels and or archangels get a lot of sustenance from that. I was running uh, an angel evening in, would you believe, a beauty salon in Tring, a little village out north of uh, London. And at the end of it, after I taught people how to call on specifically named angels this woman came up to me in tears she was a nurse registered nurse a nursing sister she came up to me and hugged me weeping and she said I'll probably get upset just talking about it. she said thank you I don't feel alone anymore and so part of the reason for giving us their specific name for their they've called themselves for their quality is so that we feel held, so that we feel loved, so that we feel not alone. So that's, that's the reason for the naming. And uh, Tara, for example, says, you know, she has angels of friends. I have angels as friends and I can name them. And so, for example, angel Cassandra who's the angel for bringing forward our essence and helping us to express our essence. Her job also, you know, and, and she helps us to express our essence in a way that our charisma shines forth and welcomes others, you know, and it warms others and warms us. She also brings forward our gifts. We may have come with the gift of wisdom or the gift of 
seeing clairvoyantly, yeah, or the gift of whatever it is, and she brings those gifts forward. So for me to call on her of a day not only helps me to express who I am in the world, it helps those gifts I have to come forward and be developed. Uh, it's being suggested that I mention another angel to you. Sometimes when uh, we call, sometimes when we go somewhere, it might be to a party or to a meeting, we, we look like we're confident and that we're having a good time or whatever, but internally we're not necessarily content yeah we we want to impress or we're feeling a bit um, anxious about something or we want to be accepted and so there is an angel who is the angel of contentment within the self her name is Cordia c-h-o-r-d-i-a C-H-O-R-D-I-A, Angel Kodia, and she radiates the quality of contentment within self. So if I'm going somewhere where I think, oh, I don't know how I'm going to be today, you know, I'm not really feeling that emotionally balanced, um, I call on her. And so no matter what's going on in the situation that I go to, I feel fine within myself. And that, of course, empowers me in the situation. I wanted to mention her, but I was specifically told to mention her to you so that you can call on her. Yeah. Any other questions? You have a few angels that specifically wanted to talk to this group today. That's that, right. Do you want to um, introduce them? I don't think anyone else has got any questions just at the moment. Right. Uh, yeah. So bear with me, everyone. Karen taught me how to do this last night, you know, with God's help and the <laughs> angels. Yes. All right. Can you see this? Yeah. Good. This is Angel. What's the name? Oh, God. I wrote it down because they told me Angel Florence, F L O R E N S. She is the angel who helps us get on with people of different ages. So it may be with our parents, it may be our children. I tell you where I use this angel a lot. I call on this angel. If I'm running a corporate strategic planning exercise, often the top team not only do their jobs, but they also get political. So they take pot shots at one another. They'll be effectively disharmonious. Every time I'm running an event like that, or frankly, every meeting I go to in the corporate world, I call on this angel. And she brings disharmony to unity so that she, what happens for people is they think, well, the other person's different to me, but we're sort of similar. And that creates a feeling of unity, yeah? And so I can vividly remember being uh, at uh, on site 
at a strategic planning group with, and there were 26 managers in the group, 26 senior managers in the group. They shouldn't have had so many people, but anyway, 26 senior managers. And I called on Angel Florence to support the group in producing that day. And so what I do is I design the process, I run it, and then I have a guy with me who types up everything as we go. So within an hour, everybody's working with hard copy. They feel like they're, you know, progressing and so on. At the end of the first day, they all said, that's the best meeting we've ever had. And the um, chief executive who was present stood up and said, thank you, everyone. If we could work like that all the time, I'd be so much happier. Well done, you. And I thought, and well done, you, Florence, yeah, because that's what had happened. And so that's who one of the ones, the Guardians, um, and particularly the Angelic Choir, advised me to tell this group. And they feel that you will have both need for and value being able to call on Angel Florence. So any, sorry. You know where she's really needed? <laughs> yeah, don't even mention. In Absolutely. Parliament. You know, if we all, that's a really good idea. If we all called for Angel Florence to work with the Australian Parliament or whoever, or the State Parliament every day, what a difference we could make. What a difference Florence could make. That's a really good idea. So I'll move on to the other one. This, I'm sorry, it's shiny. It's covered with, um, you know, that stuff. So I can stick it on a wall when I'm doing an angel evening. This is Angel Voy. I'll just hold it up a bit so you see all of it. And he's a Michael Angel. I'm telling you that because he's the only one that got me to do it again. Well, not the whole picture. I had put... Um, um, masking fluid over him and so there's the white paper I put the masking fluid over the leaves and over him and the halo and the soul star at the top which I'll talk about shortly and then I threw the paint because he wanted this sort of tree sort of background that was a bit vague yeah so I threw the paint and I did it three times and he wasn't happy that there wasn't enough blue in the background. And now you can see that there's actually quite lots of blue in and around. It's dark blue, but it's blue and it looks a bit black on this. Um, anyway, the fourth time I did it, he was happy with how the paints had landed. And then I presented, you know, proceeded to paint in the way he required. And he is a Michelangelo, of course, so he wanted plenty of blue around and he wanted a blue halo and the blue soul star. Now, the soul star, you'll notice with all of my paintings or our paintings, that there is a halo to represent their divinity and a soul star to represent the body of knowledge that each of them brings. And the body of knowledge is their understanding of their quality and how it can assist us. It also is to rep the soul star is also to represent our connection on high or their connection on high to God as it is with ours. Angel Voy is the angel whose quality it is 
to live life purpose. He assists us to live our life purpose, whether we're aware of it or not. He links our next step with the big picture of our life, why we came, what we've chosen to do here, and who we really are. Because our life purpose really has a lot to do with who we are in the world. They wanted me, the uh, choir wanted me to make sure I talked about Angel Voy, V-O-Y. Voy, apparently from um, a French uh, verb meaning to see into the future for you. And he says that um, even if you think you're not on your life path, that you're not living your life purpose, he's making sure that you do. So it was suggested today that I talk about Angel Voy and that introduce the picture to you and the knowing. I have a girlfriend whose name is Manisha. She was working with a not-for-profit, which was to do with heart research. And she, her, and she part of her, she was a director in this organisation, part of her role was to raise funds from the community for the not-for-profit. And, of course, the economy got in strife and the managing director just didn't get it. And he kept really um, giving her a very bad time on how she and her staff were, she and her managers were working. And it became impossible till finally he criticised her in front of her staff for something one of his, her staff had done. And she felt she had no alternative but to leave because it wasn't going to get any better. And he felt it was time for her to go too. And um, so jointly they agreed that she'd leave. Now she left without knowing where she was going to go and work, what she was going to do. And she called me quite concerned, obviously, because she's the breadwinner of the family. She's got a husband who is a writer. And so he's at home. And uh, she called me and said, who should I call on? I said, well, I feel it's Angel Voy because he'll help you express your purpose in the organisation where it's going to be most valued. So I said, you just have to call on him, call on your guardians first and then call on Angel Voy. Well, she wasn't happy to do that. She called on Voy about four or five times a day. So he was in no uh, misunderstanding that she needed his help. And I met her for coffee about a week later and I brought some pictures of the angels with me because I felt I could talk with her about that. I normally don't in the corporate world unless there's a specific situation that comes up. And uh, she, uh, she said, oh, I love this sort of thing. I handed her the, and I said to her, look, I normally don't talk about this, but I've, with you I feel I can and I paint angels and they have a specific quality. Oh, she said, I love this sort of stuff. My aunt in India does this. I went, okay, there you go. So she looked through. I said, just hold in your heart the question of which angel should I be working with at the moment? And there you go. I said, one of the, one of the angels will be drawn to you. You'll be drawn to it. And, of course, she picked Angel Voy. And it was perfect because that had been my sense of who she needed and that was also her heart's calling when she realised that was him in the picture. You know, she, she's, she said she got a job. She went for three interviews at three different not-for-profits and she got a job in 
uh, another not-for-profit where she was working at director level. Uh, it all worked out very well. And she came for an angel consultation. And I should also mention to you that she's a writer and she's written a beautiful book. Um, there's this golden thread that runs through the whole book. Uh, it'll come to me, the name. Uh, her uh, author name is Manisha Jolie, J-O-L-I-E, um, <laughs> Manisha Jolie Amin, A-M-I-N. And the book is called, thank you, Spirit, the book is called Dancing to the Flute. And there's this golden thread that runs through the book. It's a beautiful book. So anyway, she came to this angel consultation and she wanted to speak to Angel Voy because he'd been so helpful. And all the way through the angel consultation, which is like a conversation between the person and spirit, and I just say spirit's part, the angel's part, all the way through this angel consultation, we each felt, it turned out later, that there was something coming. There was something coming. And then about three minutes before the angel consultation ended, this being came with so much love for her. And he said, I work with you in your writing. I've done it in this life. I've done it before. And I'd like to do it in other lives as well. And there was so much love coming from him. I started crying. She started crying. And he said, you know, it amazes me how much work you get through in one day. And then you fit in writing at, at um, you know, at remarkable hours. And so I respect what you're doing. And I'm so enjoying working with you in this way. And it's interesting. We often want to know so much more about spirit. And she said, and would uh, this being care to talk about himself? It was clearly an angelic. And he said, all you need to know is that I'm a being of love. And I've come to help you radiate love through your books. And that is the golden thread through your book. And Manisha said to me after this angel consultation, I feel angel Voy brought that being to meet me because he's so much, that being is so much part of me expressing my life purpose and why I came. So that's Voy. Any questions? Isn't that touching? It was so beautiful. I mean, we, we sat here crying, you know, each of us, because was this being was so loving. And he didn't want to give a name. You know, he just simply wanted to say, I'm a being of love. That's they, all. Uh, the choir said to say to you that they particularly feel that at this point in time, you need to call on Angel Demetrius. Angel Demetrius... Again, I'm sorry it's so shiny. Right, he has the fan there to fan the Eva ego. Yeah. And his quality, I love this bit up in here. So um, his quality is self-worth, self-valuing, and self-trust. He says that self-trust is the hardest one for humans to do, that it's harder than patience. 
It's harder than courage. It's self-trust. So he's saying at this time in the world where there's so much going on to destabilise us, to confront us in various ways, whether it's COVID, whether it's political crisis, whether it's tragedy of some sort or the other, that we must value ourselves. So his, his quality is self-worth, a good one for us to call on, because he says we've got to look after ourselves first. Self-valuing in a, any situation, we need to look after us. Now, from little children, we were encouraged to defer to adults, to defer to you know, others, to look after others, be nice, you know. Nice only means not in control ever. And so, um, you know, <laughs> Karen's laughing. Um, and so he encourages us to value ourselves in any situation. What do I need here? Yeah? Who am I in this situation? And then, of course, there's self-trust, which helps us to be who we are in the world. Um, a guy, Toby Oliver, um, a dear friend at one point, he's transcended now, uh, I gave him the message that uh, Angel Demetrius had dictated really to, for humans to be able to use to call on Demetrius. And so Toby called on Demetrius every day and he, Toby came over one day to have a cup of tea with me and he said, look, I particularly wanted to come to say thank you for giving me the Demetrius message to use every day. It has changed my life. He said, I was always a people pleaser. I always put others first. And he said, now I don't. I go, what does Toby need in this situation? Yeah. And he said, you know, I came from a very dysfunctional home. My mother was always trying to suicide. And he said, I learned not to trust myself. And he said, you know, since I've been working with Angel Demetrius, I trust myself more. My life's improved. I'm happy on my spiritual journey. And, you know, to me it was evidence that the qualities that these beings radiate do help us change. They do help us grow because part of the major reason that we come here is to develop as a soul and to grow as a soul. And there's a particular part of the soul which um, the angelics call the experiential changer which I think is a silly name but it says what it does through experience and through calling on the angelics you can change as a soul and when we go back to where we came from then they work on if there are any hiccups or wrinkles in the process of the, the experiential changer growing as the soul was here they iron those wrinkles out for us so we have uh, a continuous life in spirit and a peaceful one um, because any bumpy bits were sort of removed. So Demetrius is the one. How are we going on time? Would you like to do a short process with Demetrius? Yes. Okay. So if you're all happy to close your eyes, feet on the floor, if that's your most comfortable position, 
hands in your lap, whichever way you want to put them. And move into your heart, into your heart energy. And expand the heart energy. And then moving up to the throat. Expand the throat energy. Allowing it to glow out around the body. And when you're ready and in your own time, move your awareness to your third eye. Expand the third eye out around the body. So what we're forming here is a column of light from the heart. And I feel my feet on the floor and I feel my fingertips. And gradually when I'm ready, I open my eyes. Oh, Kate, so beautiful. Uh, can I share with you what he said? Sure. This year I've had a lot of messages about my physical form as I'm ageing, getting fatter and older. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've been jacking with the mob, talking with my angels, and they've been, um, they've been asking me to have that self-worth around being physical because I think what a lot of physical beings do is they only see themselves as physical beings and they're always talking about you know what they look like and their physical body but what a lot of spiritual people do is they tend to sort of see their self-worth from their spiritual gifts and what they can channel and what they can paint and what they can say and how they can connect but they kind of ignore the physical form which has kind of been me right and they're saying we have to remember to honour our physical form and see that as worthy as well, especially as we're ageing and the collective thought form around ageing has been, you know, when you age or when you're fat, you're not as worthy or not as pretty, not as celebrated, you know, like all these ideas that we have that we've been bombarded through the collective and saying, you know, for spiritual people, especially who have been so connected to their spiritual energies, to know, see that's that self-worth in the physical form as as well as their worth in their ability to connect with their guides or angels and um yeah so that's what demetrius was reminding of me so again that's demetrius and you know he's a really good friend to have mm. and so just a couple of things to mention to you and then if there are any more questions and we've got the time then we'll um then i'm happy to answer them uh, I have a website, as Karen said, it's K-A-Y-T-Raymond-R-A-Y-M-O-N-D.com. It talks about what I do. It talks about the angels. It talks about uh, the It has my phone number on it. Uh, it talks about the angel consultations I do. And so I work with the angelic choir and the person either comes here physically or um, over Zoom or Skype or over the phone, and they answer. They basically you have an, a conversation with an angelic or a number of angelics around your questions, and uh, 
um, I find that there's a lovely question to ask. And the ones who ask this, I think, are very wise. They say, is there anything else you would tell me that I would normally not think to ask about? And, you know, mothers come and they often ask for everyone else but themselves. And then, you know, spirit will say, well, finally we get to the part that really matters about you and they talk. Yeah. So there are profound truths that come through for people. It depends on what the person needs. They do a lot of reminding us that they walk with us and they walk beside us in the air, of course, and um, <laughs> that to call on them each day. So that's the website and the angel consults. Uh, I've done a book. I spoke with Steve, who was in the uh, office in New York, and he got me to send some pictures and so on. He said, look, they're exquisite. Uh, I'm sure there's a pathway here for you, and I'll introduce you to Boston to where our head office is. So that's one of the places that I've put a proposal to uh, now around the book and also to a publishing company in uh, Boulder, Colorado. And I've just recently been introduced to a publishing company here. They, of course, take their time and they've each told me that they are reviewing the material and considering the proposal and they will get back to me when you know they've done that so I'm in the process now of trusting the process um, as Karen knows because we spoke about this last night initially they said they wanted cards that was 22 years ago I've been painting these beings for 22 years now which is a dedication and a devotion and I love it obviously and um, they said way up early in the piece that they wanted cards you know and I thought it was going to be messenger cards or whatever and so just this past week, they made very clear they want oracle cards. Now, I'm sort of like hands on hips going, listen, guys, you could have told me that years ago. And here's the thing with angels. They only tell you what you need when you need it. Sometimes it's ahead of the game, but often it's just at the time. And their attitude is that humans want to know all the information and they don't do anything with it. So they give us the information as we require it, when we require it. So we'll get additional information at the time we require it. So I mention this because I've learned this, yeah? And so... More power to you, literally. More light to you and much love. Thank you. Thanks, darling. Big love to you. Thanks for helping uh -oh. me out. Sure thing, anytime. I loved it. It was awesome. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah, Lynn. thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Big love to you. Bye. Thanks, Lenny. Big love. I've, I've, I've acquired that now. Big love. I know she's taking. <laughs> Anyone can take that. Big love. Speak soon. Bye all. Bye.